0: Welcome everyone to episode 9 of 15 with Andy, Randy, and Jeff. You didn't hear it, but that's the third time I've said it, and so there you have it. Your weekly midweek break to reconnect with your Florida Hospital Church family and the topics being discussed each week. We're going to take a look back at the previous week's message and give you a peek at what's coming up as well. This week we are joined by Donna Bursky longtime Florida Hospital Church member and senior chaplain at Florida Hospital Winter Park, who brought us this week's message, and Tammy Sinkamani, our worship pastor here at the Hospital Church. Welcome to you both, and thank you for joining us. Thank you. It's a privilege. Excellent. Before we get started, I want you to not forget to check out last week's podcast, Spectator Sport. It was episode eight, where we had Yvette Saliba and Stephanie Johnson where we basically decided that the journey is better when we support each other. And that was fantastic uh, podcast and message. So I would, uh, you can find all of our episodes on Spreaker by going to hospitalchurchorg slash podcast. Obviously they all have mobile apps these days, which are available both for Apple and Android. We're on iTunes. So please subscribe that way you never miss an episode and please share on your social networks, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all those good things. And we would also welcome any feedback that you have by sending us an email to podcast at hospitalchurch.org. This week, we are in week three of our series, Unfinished. And this week's message was, again, by Donna, and it was entitled Living with Focus. So as we begin, I was just wanting to know as I watched it again, kind of listened to it again, and actually read the notes again. Well, that was the first time, I only read the notes once. But what was your initial thought process when you put together the message for this week? You'd mentioned during your early on in the sermon that things weren't coming together as you would have hoped in the beginning. So what actually triggered this message as you look back now?
1: I started out with a message about being a pilgrim on an unfinished journey. And I was looking at the life of Abraham and kind of um, how uh, God was Abraham's guide and how he lived through this journey of transition and unknowns with God. But as the week moved forward and there was a lot of horrifying news, right? I just realized I couldn't stand up and talk about that, that we needed to think about living a life that focuses beyond the things that are troubling us. Uh, what happens today is the one-month anniversary of PULSE. Right and um and so today as we think about that where do we go yeah for understanding and hope and moving on
0: you know those are subjects that don't often leave our subconscious or even our conscious daily because it's in the news and it constantly is being reflected upon when something so horrific like the police being shot in Dallas and the protests and obviously the pulse shooting and um, I would encourage you to go back if you haven't heard uh, Episode 5. We did do a little bit on the pulse shooting, and that might kind of bring that back up to speed if you uh, haven't heard that before or maybe not quite so acquainted. I think that would be hard these days, but I actually talked to someone the other day who really didn't know that much about it. So if so, go back and check it out in Episode 5. We did discuss that, uh, that in fairly good detail. That's hard though. How do you, so how do you go from having a complete thought process in your head and a complete idea of where you're going and then kind of at the end (laughs) as, as the eye roll happens here in the studio that you end up with a fantastic message that I thoroughly enjoyed and you pulled it off. Great. It was, it was fantastic.
1: You know, at the end of uh, the first service Craig Moore stopped and asked me, was that text really in your sermon before? Because it was the same text that he had gone to and said he was searching for something to meet where his heart was. And and I would say the same of the sermon. There was a point where I had to put it down and say, this isn't my word
2: right. anymore. Yeah. Greg uh, Craig Moore was our worship host this week, and right. uh, so he's the one who we invited him to speak from his heart, um, his thoughts on this, and it really was amazing how God pulled this all together because his remarks that he prayed over and he really labored over them, um, and what he brought in the beginning in the introduction uh, to our worship service really was such a beautiful compliment to what donna had to say and you could just see god working it was amazing
0: he did set the tone for the entire worship service i would invite you to go back to the our website hospitalchurch.org and if you look there under the uh sermons tab and right underneath it'll Mm -hmm. drop down and there'll be archives you can go back and you can either watch just the message or the entire service Mm And i would go back and and do that because it did it did kind of pave the way for where you were headed and it was one of those little goosebump moments where you're you just feel the presence of the Holy Spirit there, and uh, it just kind of set that tone. So being that this was on focus and you had really had to refocus to get there, I was thinking about while you were preaching, and I'm you're the laser focus, and we had the baseball analogy. That's two weeks in a row we've done, we've done right. sports <laughs> analogies, which is fantastic. And, but in today's crazy world, everything – you mentioned someone on social media – which had helped also lend to the message and we're bombarded from a million different angles, whether it's news, it's tragedy, it's social media, it's washers and dryers being broken and <laughs> fixed and right. all the different things that we have. Do we even really know how to focus anymore, even day to day, but more, more, maybe more focused or more pointed at God mm-hmm. and, and what, what, that mean, what that really means at the heart? I mean, do we even know what that is anymore?
1: You might have to watch a pitching lesson. (laughs) Because a pitching teacher sees signs and things sometimes even before the arm comes up and will stop and say, come back. Right. So I think it has to do with many things, but certainly one is where's our attention going and how hard do we work to keep it there? Right. Um, How hard are we willing to work and what are we willing to give up to stay focused, I think, is also an issue. Mm.
0: So what do we do as a church community then? Because, I mean, in a way, that might be the closest community that some of us are involved in, and it may also—and it may be the most important community, maybe outside of family that we're involved in. And so if we're not— as a church community, I mean, I know Earl. Uh, a couple weeks ago, we finished a series about our church culture and how do we, how do we better engage each other, and how do we better, you know, be respectful and honest and all those things. I think this plays into that, because if we're not holding each other accountable, who is really who's who's keeping us? Who's keeping that focus? or maybe redirecting the focus when we get off track, because it's easy.
2: And I wonder if, if that isn't different for each person, too. Because even though we are a corporate entity when we come together for worship, we each bring our own personal journey and where God has directed and, and led us. So I think as a pitching coach is going to direct and and teach every pitcher differently, right-handed, left-handed, different people are going to have strengths and weaknesses. I think God has to work with us on a personal basis, even to focus us, to prepare us for that corporate event, too.
0: Anything practical that you can think of, maybe just even one thing, that if you're feeling like, I'm not focused, and you'd mentioned that when it feels like maybe, I don't feel like going to church, Mm -hmm. I don't Really? Yeah,
2: I appreciate your vulnerability on that, Donna. That yeah. was—I think it's important because that, that's such—that's so true. I mean, I talked to several people after church that came back to that um, to just let's put words to that.
0: Yeah, yeah. Let's throw it out there, right? Yeah. and just just deal with it.
2: I think
1: um, one thing we learn in ministry, and certainly in our clinical chaplaincy training, is the value of an accountability person in your life. And that takes two things. It takes your willingness to let someone hold you accountable. Mm-hmm. And it takes a lot of bravery sometimes for that person in your life to say, I need to hold you accountable for this. But I think there's a huge value in that.
0: Well, and it also, I think that requires a huge amount of transparency right. on, from, for two different people that are going to, A, because it's not going to be easy if you have to pull them back. Right, you know, and that that person's going to be transparent enough to say what the issue is. The other person's going to say, "Yeah, I am going to have to call, going to have to call foul on this one." And this <laughs> is, you know, and that you know that's not always easy to hear. So how do we? How do we? What does that look like? Well, I loved
2: what Donna said about that. Um, uh, people nowadays have a big interest in spirituality, but very little interest in the pilgrimage. And I think a it, long apprenticeship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the long apprenticeship, there is
0: nothing fun about that many times I mean you know sometimes the journey is great where you feel like sure. you're making progress with God and your maybe your daily routine like you talked about your daily routine mm-hmm. is good your prayer life is good your study time is good maybe your study time with spouse is good or whatever that looks like in your life and you're thinking that that's good there's other times where I mean I bring it up all the time because I, I often feel it the job syndrome where you're just out there going geez I feel like I'm doing everything I'm supposed to I, I, I I want to do the right thing. I feel like I'm praying the right prayer or I'm doing, you know, the things are going, but yet it's just kind of crickets when it comes to what am I supposed to be doing? That can be tough too. Cause it's not that pilgrimage <laughs> part. Either it's, either it's good and it's exciting mm-hmm. and you're, you're being uplifted by it, but it's not usually, I don't, at least me, maybe it's just me. I don't always find that it's very middle of the road. I find that it's usually either high. <laughs> it's usually either high or it's low for me so much. And that's
2: something that I struggle with. Yeah. I I don't think that's uncommon.
0: What? I'm not alone. (laughs) See, we learn something new on the podcast every single week. That's why you don't absolutely don't want to miss an episode. Um, The other thing that kind of stuck out to me in was you mentioned Colossians 3.23, correct? And I want, I want to read that from the message and the message, you know, doesn't always break it down into small pieces. Sometimes they're a little bit larger, but this one, as I thought about and re-listened to what you'd mentioned and what you talked about, it really kind of struck home. It says, servants, do what you're told by your earthly masters and don't just do the minimum that will get you by. Do your best work from the heart for your real master, for God, confident that you'll get paid in full when you come out into your inheritance. Keep in mind always that the ultimate master you're serving is Christ. The sullen servant who does shoddy work will be held responsible. Being a follower of Jesus doesn't cover up bad work. Okay, there's a lot of things that can really hurt in that one when it comes to – because, you know, as I read it and as I listen to it, a lot of times I let the, uh, the Bible app read it to me so I can just listen to it. I don't know about anyone else, but I kind of picture the things that I really stink at. <laughs> when it comes to serving my master, earthly master, serving Jesus. And then relating it to what you talked about, how Danny Duffy, I mean, here's this major league baseball star that signs a poster with it and just gave your grandson this focus. And it was another one of those, you got choked up, I got choked mm-hmm, up because mm-hmm. you got choked up and yeah. because of just that moment. But how do we How do we take on the as non-celebrity or non-super sports stars? How do we take on that Danny Duffy moment? And we, even just to each other and into our community, I mean, we're talking about being a church without walls as our goal. And I think you really have to have, I think at the heart of it, you kind of have to have that Colossians attitude because it's going to take a lot of work and it's going to take things that move us and uncomfortable and who we're serving. How do we do that as just Every day, Joe and Mary lunchbox. We're not, we don't have that platform.
1: It's going to take a passion that's bigger than self. It's going to take a passion that transcends this life. I,
2: I believe that. Sure. And I think that's what worship continues to call us back to. Yeah. Yeah. Because it, it is, you made a very great point that it's, it really is a central act that brings us to the realization over and over and over again that it's not about us, and the, the whole focus thing with Colossians—that it's looking to Christ, it's for Christ, the purpose is Christ, the focus is Christ—and um, it's just I think a daily thing that we need to keep reinforcing in ourselves and our friends and our families um, in every way, shape, and form we can.
0: And that's so basic and fundamental, and yeah.
1: yet sometimes
0: it's like, oh, it's. Jesus, stupid. Mm
1: -hmm. Why is that so hard? Get it through your skull. But in worship, in understanding that, it becomes bigger than my ability. So I'm doing this with Jesus and giving it everything I have. And somehow in that, we begin to let go of our neediness to be good or great or whatever. And it goes to the passion in the worship. Yeah,
0: that's true. That's so true because we get we do get caught up in that it's us and we get mm-hmm. caught up in the trying i uh, i totally resonates and it totally leads to me leads me to where i was going to go next this today i kind of felt like this was a little bit of of god providence um searching Facebook while I was at a red light and
2: (laughs) multitasking. Right. Right. And
0: a friend of mine, uh, Andrea, thank you very much. I told her to listen today because, um, I'm taking what she posted. I don't know if any of you, um, are familiar with Seth Godin. Mm -hmm. Um, and I follow his blog and today's post was, what does it mean to try your best or to put more effort into something other than what other organizations or other people do? We often talk about trying, about effort, and 110%, but it's mostly glib. The fact is, very few of us try our best at the maximum, ever. Usually what we do is try our best under the circumstances. So you're getting good service, but if the CEO's daughter was here, you can bet she'd be getting better service, right? So you're running as hard as you can to train, but you can bet that if you were approaching the finish line at the Olympics, you'd be running harder. The trick is, don't redefine trying. Redefine the circumstances. It's almost impossible to reliably increase your effort to put more try into the system. On the other hand, the circumstances are merely our narrative, the way we're choosing to see the world. We can redefine the narrative about our circumstances with a wave of the hand. This moment, this interaction, this customer, this church, input, whatever you'd like, these are the perfect circumstances, the most urgent, the highest leverage, the one we have right now. Work with that. And I, as I read that, it it took me back to Colossians, and just kind of it it was kind of the other the other gear in the in the machine to make it work for me because I had a hard time with I mean I loved the message but I had, I had a hard time in my own self to say how do I apply this better this better focus you know what you're talking about and to make sure that along this journey we don't get distracted so easily. And the, ben- and, the, and the absolute benefits of doing so. And then when I read that, it's like, redefine the circumstances, because we can, and we can understand that we need, the circumstances are, it's all about Jesus, and we have to be in that narrative, or we are going to take all kinds of crazy, offshoot, squirrel moments, and maybe longer, unfortunately.
1: And to go back to what Tammy said, worship will always redefine. It does. Always.
0: Good And fantastic. I mean, as far as personal worship and, and the time that you take, I mean, sure. I think that's uh, uh, we can define that in, a, in many different ways. And if you're lucky enough to be either a member here at Florida Hospital Church or an online viewer or just a casual once in a while, we'll see what they're up to there, then you know that you're getting blessed corporately. And you know that with the, the people that come here and the, the leadership that we have here, that you're part of a community that that's our goal. And, you know, otherwise a church without walls wouldn't be our goal. Sure. And so I would invite you, if you are local this week, um, as we begin to wrap up, um, if you are local, you can stop in at 930 or 12 and you can see this week's upcoming message, which we'll get to in a moment. And if you're local, you can also hang out at 1045 and find an awesome Bible study class. Uh, there's lots of them to go around. If you are online, you can watch us. Again, you just click on sermons, and it's a live feed that you can click. It'll be right there. And again, 930 and 12. And I would encourage you, if, uh, if you didn't hear the message, uh, go back and check out Donna's message. It really was something that will make you think, and it will hopefully be what we share today will help Help you process that and apply it and know that, you know what? If we don't have focus, we're going to make a lot of wrong turns. And hopefully if we can all help each other out a little bit, that'll be even better. Next week is number four in Unfinished. And we have Daryl Toll, who will be bringing the message. Oh, I wrote it down here somewhere. Tammy gave it to me. I'm serious. She she, she really did. And I just uh, I just missed it. Where do we go? And she's checking her phone. <laughs>
2: it's called the end of the beginning the end <laughs> And there it
0: is, Daryl told the end of the beginning. See, things don't always work out exactly as you hope, but there it is. So we would encourage you to come and join us for that. And who knows, maybe we'll uh, catch up with Daryl and see if he'd like to be a part of the podcast next week and talk about the message. So thank you both for joining me this week. that has been an an in-depth conversation that I've thoroughly enjoyed, and I hope that you did as well. So join us again next week for Episode 10 of
1: Andy, Randy and Jeff. We'll see you then.